Philadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I am joined by two guys who will not be commenting on this activation. What's up, Chuck and Gene? <laughs> Ooh, uh... Uh, I will not be commenting on this activation. <laughs> I will comment, though, that that was a relatively obscure poll for a, a Philly-based podcast. This is Chuck Siders. <laughs> uh, you can find the show at Potadelphia. You can find me at Chuck Siders. And uh, this is Gene Zilek. You can find me on Twitter at Producer Gene. And you know it's obscure when only two-thirds of the podcast knows what the hell people are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it's, it's such a quick self-censor too gene it's pretty weird that it's pretty weird that i do a hockey non-flyers referencing uh uh it put it into the cold open there uh and for those of you that don't know what i'm talking about the bruins put out a statement that said we will not be commenting on this activation in reference to the their affiliation with Barstool Sports and the Rally Tow giveaway in Game One of the Stanley Cup Finals, correct? Uh, game Two, but everything else was correct. Oh, I was so close. <laughs> <laughs> but it is appropriate though because we are a anti-Boston podcast. Yeah, first if, and foremost, Philly first. I was going to say <laughs> Philly first, and then anti-Boston second. <laughs> At this I, time of year, yes. I kind of like the Boston teams, but yes, uh, <laughs> the the Barstool thing helped me uh, go full in on the Blues. And the best part was commenting on this activation. <laughs> like like the robot had gotten up from the lab. Like, what the hell is an activation? So what, what was... sort of like a weird lawyer was like, no, you have to say this activation because that'll keep you free from any you know plausible deniability or something like that. Does it sound like that? Like they were advised to say it that way? Yeah, there, there was some logic that went behind the phrase activation you know there's some sort of social media hipster who's running that account that's going this doesn't you, you keep, why are we saying this this doesn't make any sense <laughs> yeah. no, you have to say it just type the words so what was wrong with the rally town did it have something did it have a naked woman on it or something offensive oh no 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 it was just uh like i don't know be, uh, supplied by barstool sports or whatever I don't oh know. and 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 the bruins do not want to be associated with that activation well, no, well they the... wanted to until they didn't. <laughs> yeah, they wanted to until they wouldn't comment on it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, we've talked about We alluded to it. I mean, Barstool is horrible. <laughs> like, it's not just, like, douchey frat boy comments. Although it's got that covered in spades. But they actively, like, target and harass women and minorities. It's, like, it's really bad. Yeah. And everybody knows that, the you know, the guy who runs it or who used to run it is just, like, a boston cretin anyway like that's no <laughs> secret so whatever all right let's talk about some uh philadelphia related stuff as we went off on a our first tangent of the uh of the summer get used to them <laughs> it's a long summer with only one sport uh phillies were in la this weekend it was an awesome experience as we got swept right out of los angeles which you know going into this we were kind of prepping it as, all right, it's playoff preview, baby. You know, Bryce came out. Hey, we're dang good, too. And, um, wow, we, we laid an egg. What a clunker. Oh, God, yeah. and today was the worst of the three, to be honest with you. Oh. What was the what was the final today? Eight-nothing? Yeah. 
that means the bleeding final. stopped at some point because when I when I called it today, it was it was still. I think they only had one out and the runs were still coming. Which you can't even say. So Pavetta pitched today, pitched pretty well by all accounts. Uh, yeah, I thought Pavetta had a really good line, and I thought that t- today it looked like it was one of those games where when he got into the fifth inning and they still had had almost nothing going on offensively. You're like, this is the kind of thing where we're going to lose on a solo shot in the seventh inning, and uh, you know that'll be that. But uh, that would have been way more preferable than what happened. Uh, because it was all and lined I'm, up to do that. Because then the solo, you know, Vinny, Vinny comes in, gives up the solo shot as as you would expect, and it, it looked like it was all lined up for us to go home, you know, one nothing. And I don't even care about Vince Velasquez in this game because I mean, you can we can sit here all day long and say, well, the bullpen got roundhouse kicked to the face, um, but you didn't score any runs. So what difference does it make? Yeah, they they would have won that game with one run right. and. You know, the the Dodgers are a really good team. They are a really good team. That was my my biggest takeaway uh, from the series against the Dodgers is just how dominant they are in the NL. And, you know, we, we see it in the standings. We see it on the scoreboard. But you go, okay, one division leader against another. And, uh, I mean, it was – we got our asses kicked. But today mm, – Damn it. See, I, I thought the opposite to you, Gene. I thought, all right, we're hanging in there. We're holding them really low. If we have a good run by our core, you know, you know, just, you know, play a little small ball, generate two runs, that might be enough to take it. And clearly it wasn't, but yeah, Did- it, it was a rough series. Did you get the feeling that the reason why they had so much success is because they were able to really control the top of our lineup? Uh, they really kept McCutcheon and Segura off base a lot, uh, more than any other team has this season. They they never let – it never felt like either one of those guys really got going so that even if some of the bigger bats did cuz cuz Har- Harper had a pretty good series but uh you know there there wasn't any it didn't feel like there was a, ever a lot of times where there were guys on base you know two guys on base or anything for him it it just seemed like he was constantly coming up with two outs <laughs> so that's the but that's baseball right your top two guys if they get on base the game's easy like yeah. they're always the key. I mean, when we were winning, world, you know, going to the playoffs when we won the World Series, it was it was Jimmy. Like if Jimmy got on base, we were gonna have a great night. You know, and, and very rarely was you know were our table setters excelling, and then the rest of the lineup falls apart. It's just that that's just what makes the engine go is those those leadoff hitters, those table setters. Uh, it just puts so much pressure on the other team that it's you know it's difficult to counter that. So when those guys aren't aren't getting on we struggle yeah because then you gotta rely on solo shots yeah and and, uh cigar has been cold for a little while now like two series yeah yeah and and i I don't have any worries about that but this isn't the series to be cold in and just across the board they were just better than us like it, it just seemed a little bit better in the lineup, a little bit better in starting pitching, a little bit better in the bull. Eh, no, they're a lot better. Maybe a lot pitching. better in the starting pitching. <laughs> but uh, and but I mean, their bullpen in- uh, to the for the most part seems like it would be fairly comparable. Comparable if we weren't. I mean, the Walking Dead as far as our bullpen, which is yeah. you know another problem that we're facing right now. 
Well, the bullpen had a great game yesterday or, you know, on the Saturday game. Well, I mean, that's something we need to talk about. Like, do do we need to address the great? I mean, I, there isn't a whole lot to say, I guess, about today's game. The offense just didn't show up. But uh, I think there is some conversation about the Saturday game. What did you think of the great experiment, um, you know, Gabe with the opener? Look, I mean, that, I don't need to give Gabe one more tool to put in the toolbox that he's going to mess around with, I, I, you know. Let's let's keep Gabe's toolbox simple: hammer, screwdriver, wrench, uh, all that stuff. He doesn't need the. Um, he doesn't need well, a planer. Yeah, no. Nah, <laughs> I, I was trying to go maybe. Um, I don't know. Vice grips. It shows you how Vice well grips are home common. improvement I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah, like I don't digger even... bit like that. That one, that like, yeah, I don't even bit. like sitting around going like, mm, I could use the opener for this game. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know. It, it worked out. I I don't know how, over a consistent basis how how much it would work. Why can't we just be a normal, like a normal team? Oh, one of our starters is on the injured list. Let's call up next guy up from uh, from Lehigh to we, pitch. Well, that I mean, game. essentially, we did. It just we didn't let him pitch until the fourth inning. But why? <laughs> I, I think it was more to do with the fact that we have nobody in the starting rotation that is left-handed. And, and against the Dodgers, that's a problem. That is a huge problem. And if you want nine. to go to the World Series from the National League, you kind of need a left-handed starting pitcher. Yes, but our team is not finished, and that's why I'm not putting like a lot of stock in this series. It's a nice little wake-up call for the for the boys. I think, you know, smelling yourself a little bit there after that Cubs and Brewers series and, and take care of business against the Cardinals at home. Um, you know, you get the you get the dang good quote. Maybe you're not as good as you thought you were. Yeah. Let's go back to the drawing board here a little bit. Well, and I mean, you're going to lose series, um, but to be swept and just to be outplayed thoroughly throughout it. Yeah, it felt like the yeah. Dodgers were never really – at any point in any of those games felt like it was something that they, they felt that they weren't in control of. I don't uh, really care. I looked at the matchups and I, I actually didn't think we were going to win any of these games. Yeah. It was hard to, it was hard to make us favored in any of these games. Unless we mashed our way to one of them. My thought was yesterday might've been, you know, I just feel like there's something about Kershaw right now that just seems like he is the guy that they might be able to get to. It seems like this guy, Rich Hill today was was untouchable. Although I thought he was going to be exhausted by the end of the second inning. This he p- puts so much. He he screams like Serena Williams after every pitch. And <laughs> and isn't it against the rules to not stand on the rubber? Is why didn't he, why, he or, does stand? He has like a pinky toe on the rubber. It looked awful close. Like if I was you know in, in little league they put the the umpire behind second base. Uh, you know, or, or behind the pitchers, man. I felt like they needed to move the umpire up and be like, make sure he touches the rubber every single time. Because if he doesn't, well, we didn't have anybody on base to balk. But, um, <laughs> but if he doesn't, like, I don't know, like, do whatever you're supposed to do when that happens. Yeah, Rich Hill's one of those like annoying old guys in the league. He hadn't pitched against the Phillies since 2009. Had he spent a, crazy. a lot of time? I thought he – I remember him as mostly a National League guy, but I guess he must have done a long stint in the – For some reason, I remember him as a Cub. That's what I remember him as. But we only played the – because we got to play, like, all these American League goddamn series, we only play the Cubs mm-hmm. twice a year, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Dodgers. 
do we need to start hating the Dodgers more uh, than we have been over the past few years? I think I softened my L.A. hate uh, due to Chase Utley a lot. Mm, and I, I think point. I need to like refine my I, I have a I have a Dodgers hat for Christ's sake. I, I, never, I didn't know that. Yeah, I do. When when Utley got uh, traded to the Dodgers, I, I got a I got an L.A. hat. Wow. I knew we were on the downside. I knew the Dodgers were going to make the playoffs. So I was like, okay, I'm going to back the Dodgers because I want Chase Chase success. Well, it was easy to feel that way because you certainly weren't going to back the, the Nationals. You certainly weren't going, to back, weren't going to back the Braves. I hate the Giants because they were the ones that were, were beating us when we should have been still going deeper in the World Series. Uh, I certainly wasn't going to like a place like St. Louis. Um, you know, so the Dodgers were an easy place to like. In 08 and 09. Is this like a bad form on my part? Well, in 08 and 09, we kicked their asses. So it's not like we had anything really seething about them. You know, when we needed to beat them, they were they were there yeah, to be victims. Yeah, but, but like when we were kids, though, I hated the Dodgers. I just really didn't like Tommy Lasorda. That was really my Whoa, my whoa, issue. whoa, 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 whoa. What, Narstown's you... own Tommy Lasorda. I thought he was like a cartoon character of a baseball manager. Like, he, no, I was team is. fanatic. I was team fanatic. Fanatic hated Lasorda, so I hated him. In the early '80s, like he was a ridiculous thorn in the Philly side. Like, the, the what do they call that? A bloody Sunday or Black Sunday when 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 we we didn't go to the World Series or I don't, maybe we didn't make the playoffs because of that god awful game uh, with uh, Greg Luzinski in left field. Um, I, the details of that are going to escape me. I need like. To yeah, go you're gonna and... have to help me out with that one. There was a game like against the Dodgers late in like '78 or '79 that I think cost us a run at the playoffs. Um, that's a, a little bit before our time. I'm sure there are the the rabid the the four rabid Phillies listeners to this podcast are probably like, "You guys are a bunch of idiots." Uh, so, <laughs> sorry, Nico. Um... <laughs> but I I don't. My main thing against LA is LA. That is a bullshit city. Oh, it's Black yeah. Friday, Gene, and it was Sorry. in the 1977 NLCS. Wow, I had that all kinds of wrong. I was I was quoting you too, and it was Game like... Three went down <laughs> in Philadelphia baseball annals as Black Friday. Yeah, I know it had something to do with Lozinski. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out like what the what the deal was with that. But Bad anyway, carry on. Sorry. All right, so um, my premise is L.A. as a city sucks. Um. Yes, you make movies. Nobody is from there. All you have is pollution and traffic. Um, there's plenty of other places to make movies. I don't care about any of your sports teams. Okay, here's what happened. Here's what happened. It's Jesus. it's five five. <laughs> it's five five, and our pitcher threw the first to um, attempted to uh, to pick off uh, Lopes. Oh, Davy uh, Lopes through wild. Um, and then someone came around to score the go-ahead run, and everyone in the crowd was stunned. So it didn't have anything to do with Greg Luzinski either? Uh, it doesn't seem – I mean, I'm sure he played in that game. He was there. <laughs> 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 so are we done catching up on the news from, like, what, 42 years ago? Yes, yes. We're all, all right. caught up now. Thanks, Chuck. <laughs> that, I don't like L.A. Go on. <laughs> I mean, we've played a ton of playoff series against them. Yeah. We should hate them. Yeah, but we've they won hate our us, share. Though, more yeah. than we hate them. Yeah, we've though, won our share. Due to recent history. Yeah. I mean, right? Due to recent history, they yeah. should really hate us. Yeah, I mean, the moonshot, that was against the Dodgers in L.A. Yeah, man, that ball's still... Uh, still going. Sailing into the... 
And that was a, that, I mean, that was a Dodger team that thought that they were they were you know prime for a championship. Hot shit. They thought they were hot shit. Whoever came out of that series in 08 was going to beat the Rays. So. Yeah. yeah. And right. the Dodgers have been more consistently good since that 08 series. Well, they've been a back-to-back World Series. Yeah. And they haven't won one yet. Yeah, they st- we still yeah. have more rings than they do this since good then. For them. Good for them. All yeah. right. Um let's talk about uh Adubel Herrera for a second. And uh, okay. why uh, he chooses the Golden Nugget as his Atlantic City casino of choice. That seems like a very poor decision. Right. You're so that's the first bad decision uh, from a Duble's uh, weekend last week. Yeah. I mean, you got a lot of better, a lot better choice. I mean, no, no disrespect to uh, my friends that work at the Golden Nugget, but you know, come on, Borgata. Yeah. It seems like let's make it happen. Yeah, I don't even know. Do do people actually like? Go people on the don't get in trouble at Borgata. It's I was gonna say, do, do people go on the board like on the boardwalk for much of anything anymore? What's that on the boardwalk? Yeah, do people even go there anymore? Do they like? Hang, I mean, well, I, you get the new. You got the new uh, joints. You got Ocean Club. You got Hard Rock. Um, down at the uh, that end. Anyway, oh, okay. so Dubles at the Gold Nugget. Um, so why was he even there? I mean, it was their first night off, and God knows how long. Why did wasn't he sleeping? Just, uh, well, we've okay. already established him as a dude who doesn't make good decisions. <laughs> like, and, and I, I'm going to jump ahead a bit because he doesn't make good decisions at the plate either. And I feel like all three of us, but I know I definitely have done my share of Udubel, you know, defending before about, you know, him as a ball player. And then when this comes out, I'm like, oh, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> like, all, right, like so all my just, wasted yeah. time and energy. Yeah, let's get it. So, um, Oduble is – are we still at alleged or – I think we're still in that administrative leave alleged place. Domestic yeah. – a domestic uh, assault uh, incident? Yeah. Violence? I don't know. Domestic abuse, domestic violence for – His girlfriend. Yeah, presumably strangling her. Like, she had, like, Jeez. finger marks on her neck. Yeah, and I think... So, all right, so... Us as a city, at Philadelphia, you know, we talk a lot of crap about Dallas Cowboys and um, people that br- they bring onto their staff. So, right, money where our mouth is, Dubal's got to go. Go yeah. on, get them off the team. And I think that's kind of universally accepted um, that he, you know, his time in Philadelphia is just is over now. Right. Um, It's kind of out of the Phillies hands right now because it's with major league baseball. Right. Like you can't like the Phillies haven't cut them because they're not allowed to cut them yet. Basically. basically, Yeah. They can't. They, the, the rules basically state that they have to go through like major league baseball has to have their disciplinary policy. It's basically their way of, preventing some sort of like a double jeopardy situation i feel like it's almost counter to the nfl situation i feel like the the onus goes on to the team in the nfl like it's up to the team to kind of make a decision i guess the league will still um well he's going to get like a 50 game suspension yeah i mean the standard is like 40 to 50 uh what's his name in chicago got 40 games so um that's kind of about where we can expect that to be. But 40 games only get you into – like, that's August. Like, he would be back at the end of the summer. Right, but I think the Phillies can then go ahead and, and um, 
cut him, right? Yeah. Well, I think I mean, so the, I don't know. I'm not like a contract expert, especially not in Major League Baseball. But we're but, on the hook for for his money. Yeah, but hasn't he violated some sort of code of conduct that would? If that's in the contract, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that works. I mean, and, from everything I've MLB, said, it basically keeps saying that that basically we are on the hook unless we can find a trade partner for him. Oh well, that's that's not gonna happen. No, I don't think. No, I don't think they're gonna trade him at all. And I'm. I'm not an expert in the uh, MLB CBA uh, or their contracts or wherever the case may be, but I know uh, Major League Baseball is pretty damn aggressive when it comes to uh, supplemental discipline for domestic violence, um, which is a welcome change for a, from a lot of the other sports. But no, he's done. He's done with the Phillies. If they have to... You know, pay him to sit home the rest of the year. They will. You know, I, I think there's probably be able to get out of it with some sort of breach of contract or whatnot. But you know, Odubel has played his last game. You know, as a Philly, I, I'm I'm willing to lay a lot of money on that. Okay, so th- the fact that Odubel is really struggling right now makes that very easy statement to say. Yes. Uh. If this were Reese Hoskins, uh, what I mean, where would we be on this? I, 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 hand to God, if this were Reese Hoskins, you would hear a lot of silence and a lot of sighing on my end, a whole bunch of like started sentences of going, I'd be infuriated. Here, here, I'm pissed off. I'm disappointed. I'm like, you know, go away, go to hell. I don't care about you. If this was Reese, I would be beside myself. Would no. you say? Would you? Would you be agreeable to uh, something like you're done? You're done for the year. You're shut down. You're going to uh, some, some sort of educational classes every night instead of going to the ball. You know, I mean, just some some way to rehabilitate him as like a decent human being again. It's so hard to say because I really do believe in second chances. I really do believe that if if you can address whatever psychological damage or or root of the issue and make him a better human being and retain him as a ball player, that that's probably the most moral thing to do. the The easier thing to do is just go cut bait and treat it as if it's just some, you know, awful personal trait. I mean, which it is without getting into deeper roots. It's different when there's a superstar. And I think, I think my public position would very much be cut him. I don't want him. I don't want it to be associated with him. I don't want him to hang around and me have to watch the game and Reese is up to that and going, Come on, Reese, I guess. So it's a lot. It's very similar with Michael Vick, where I didn't want him. Yeah. Yes, he paid his time. I thought he deserved another chance. He he spent more time in prison than a lot of professional athletes who have done as bad or worse. And I really thought he deserved a chance, but it was really hard to watch and go, all right, come on, get that first down, you dog murderer. Like, and yeah. it, it would be the same thing of it, it would just be that divide. I couldn't wholeheartedly root for the dude. Yeah. 
it, it's just it so suck all the fun out of it for it's lack just of so tough phrase. though when it's it's just so tough when it's the like a cornerstone of your rebuild yeah i mean you're just gonna like knock out one of the pillars of your foundation well not you i mean like they themselves have knocked themselves out as a pillar of your foundation yeah like is the is the building even going to still stand without this person but you know look there's shit in the world that's more important than baseball games so i mean yeah i'm with you like my public stance would be like get out of here but do you build do you even build your organization around somebody that has a character makeup that you think would even leave the door open to something like this happening yeah, and and um, and I think it becomes that gray issue too. Of you know, we were just talking about it. it is still alleged, and you know, what if the the girlfriend decides not to press charges, and this is one of your your superstars, like Slava Voinov, and his situation in the NHL is egregious. It's horrible. Like you don't have to spend much time thinking about it. They describe the way he assaulted his wife as like a freaking horror movie like with the the amount of damage done that doesn't require a lot of time that doesn't require you know making your heart and your head match it's really easy to go yeah he's a great defenseman i want nothing to do with him if it is oh there's room for doubt if it is well she's not pressing charges anymore it becomes it, it becomes a real moral struggle of you know intellectually and emotionally you're you know conflicted you're at war with yourself as what you want that's good for your baseball team versus you know what's good for a human being to do yeah i mean i look at the like the tyreek hill situation um and when you're talking about like punching a three-year-old and breaking its arm like i don't care like this could if that were Carson Wentz I would say get this guy out of here I mean he should be in jail first of all Uh, but there's no there's no way I could wear a jersey you know even support a team that would have someone like that you know on the roster the the Gabe Kapler response to this uh, I don't know it seemed like it was an appropriate response. I mean, thankfully enough, he didn't reach out to the girlfriend's grandmother and schedule any sort of uh, dinners to work out everyone's uh, side of the situation. So, Hey, you know, we've noticed the Gabe's managerial style has evolved uh, from last year to this year, but and apparently it's problem solving. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Learn from your mistakes, Gabe, you know, and I know this is a, an issue that's, very important to to Gabe. He's got a a charity or a foundation set up to. You well, know, apparently, his enter- wife had a situation before they were married that um, Gabe felt that um, it was in the interest of them as a couple uh, as an issue that they wanted to kind of. And this this goes back to when he was a player. Uh, this was an issue that he was like dealing with, which. He also kind of brought that up. Uh, I, I think I, I heard an interview around when that stuff, when he was with the Dodgers organization, came out. So this is one of those things where he's kind of said, this is, you know, I, I know this is the way it's coming out, but I, this is always something that has been close to, this issue is something that I take seriously. So uh, I think he's, you know, at least sticking by that here in this situation. All right, let's get back between the lines. And uh, the the Phillies made a trade today for Jay Bruce. 
Were you surprised that he didn't he didn't see him today? Did anybody did anybody that expect that we didn't see him today? Yeah, did anybody expect that he might uh there was some t some chatter that he might he might be available yeah. for us today. He was in Anaheim. Yeah, he wasn't or, far. Yeah, wherever the Angels play, that's where he was. So Yeah, yeah I am not uh I can't wait to see Jay Bruce out in left field, I guess he's gonna play. He certainly can't play center. No. No, he certainly cannot. And he cannot play infield, I don't believe. I mean, a lot of the chatter has been, well, this is a depth move. But uh, at the moment, we, we, we kind of need like to be into that depth. I mean, the other option is that we kind of end up having Nick Williams be an everyday player. I, I feel like Scott Kingery is not going to be your, your center fielder because I really feel like the, the plan is to move him to third. I think that, the, that Franco's time... Is kind of you know his days are numbered with him being the everyday third baseman. I think yeah, it, world's greatest eight hole hitter is not. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of not he's, a real thing that was anymore. a fun week. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's 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 faded. The 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 shine has come off the apple, so to speak. We've been through this though last year. I mean, he's going to go through these phases. Um, but I think the uh, idea is to keep Kingery in the lineup. Kingery has been a very good hitter in the last three weeks two weeks that he's been he's been back. i would just sell high on caesar you think really? we should just move caesar i'm a sell high on caesar guy let kingery play his natural second base position caesar i don't know is going to get much more value than he has right now he's in exactly he, he he's been one of the most consistent players in in, in the lineup uh there, i bet there would be some american league teams that would, would would like to put a guy like him at their second second base every day I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, Jay Bruce, to me, is a depth move. It's a bench move. Like, who who comes off the bench and gives you pop? I know it's supposed to be Nick Williams. It's not. It's That's what, who it's supposed to be. But you you got um, – Is there anybody right now when we have to bring in – got Knapp. Gosling. We got – who? Don't we have still have Gosling? Gosling. Gosling. Yeah, he came up small today. Yeah, I mean, and then at, we have what? What at Rodriguez? That point, should have left Nick in. Yeah, that was that's the thing is right now with the way our bench is in a lot of cases, it may be more important to keep a starter who's who's pitching well in than to try to get a run in a situation in like the fifth or oh, sixth. Oh, that minute. was your John and Kate plus eight joke. Yes. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was pissed off. What Dave's alluding to is when uh, Gosling got up to the the plate and came up small um uh, i made a joke of like you know f john and kate plus eight because <laughs> i don't know how to spell gosling off the top of my head and i was playing with my kids and listening to the game on the radio so <laughs> or is it like hey girl i came up to pinch hit and came up really small today Oh, That's like Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Uh, Gosling. Either way, <laughs> Phil needs to get his own personality, <laughs> so we start making him into other people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the move. Like honestly, I've always kind of liked Jay Bruce back from uh, the Reds days. Um, I always thought he was a good, a, you know, a good player, a good hitter. Uh, he'll be useful. I think we're gonna like it. To me, it kind of is like a Jeff Jenkins situation. Does it feel? I was gonna say that's a good comparison too. But like, does it feel almost like a uh, like a Matt uh, a Matt Stairs kind of move too? I mean, there was there was never any thought that Matt Stairs was going to actually play the field in anything but an emergency situation. I think um, it's a it's like a less feast or famine 
uh, predicament than Matt Stairs was. It was like, well, we're either going to see a strikeout or a three-run homer here. So yeah. fasten your seatbelts. I think Bruce is a bit better of a hitter, but, I mean, it hasn't been lately. So and we'll I, and I don't think that he plays – he doesn't play the field right now for, for the Mariners, right? He, he's been strictly a DH, I believe. I think that that's maybe he's been playing a little bit in the outfield, but uh, I think he's been mostly DHing. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't remember him being a defensive liability, but I'm sure that his his days of being, you know, an everyday outfielder are probably. Past. Is there is there anything left on the Mariners' carcass that um, we can pick through? We and literally, this is not, this is going to cost us. I, what I heard was like two and a half million dollars. We're basically getting most of the money in January for what is going to cost us for the I think we should have the third baseman. Yeah, a yeah. guy who I had never heard of who I think was in double A, maybe single A. It was a guy I'd never, literally never heard of. And Other... that scared the hell out of me. I was like, yeah, I think I like this uh, this Bruce pickup. And then I saw how much salary they're retaining. And I'm like, okay, we have to give up a lot then. And then we gave up practically nothing. I'm like, well, what the hell? Like, <laughs> what are we on the hook for? Does so he have a much better this... brother somewhere that we don't know about? Yeah. <laughs> basically, this third baseman is going to be the next, like, Brooks Robinson or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So the Bruce trade, we're digging that. Okay. Yeah. We got to talk about what happened in the Cubs-Astros game. Oh, God, yeah. This week oh. with the foul ball. Uh. Extend the nets. So if you haven't seen this, an absolute laser was hit down the uh, the third baseline into the stands and hit a four-year-old? Three-year-old. Three-year-old? Yeah. Uh, pretty scary. I will say when I sit in um, expensive seats uh, and I'm in that, like, you know, where those ropes will come into the stands – I am keenly aware that I am in that area. I mean, I personally, I don't want anything to do with a foul ball. Uh, if I want a baseball, I go on Amazon and I buy 12 of them at a time. Uh, <laughs> I don't have any desire to catch a foul ball. I don't want to be put in a position to catch a foul ball. I don't need to be on TV seen trying to catch a foul ball. I don't want anything to do with foul balls. And I certainly don't want anything to do with line drive foul balls. And so – like I said, when I'm in that area, especially when I'm with my kids, I am constantly uh, vigilant about, you know, balls coming into play. And do I need to cover up any of my children? That yeah. being said, oh, it and would I be nice if I could look at my phone every once in a while. I guarantee <laughs> you that if I was in that situation, I'm going to look bad doing it. So uh, I, uh, my hand-eye coordination was never great. But since I've had little to no athletic activity outside of like – uh, watching sports, I would have been an absolute disaster if a foul ball came at me. And guaranteed, I'm going to be the one that's going to have some sort of food or something <laughs> that's going to end up on some other person, whether it be a, a friend or neighbor of mine or a total stranger. Somebody's going to get sloppy. If a, and it's probably going to result in me making a scream that that is that is unnatural. <laughs> I, I respect you know I, props to anybody that goes for like the direct catch on these foul balls uh you know just stick the bare hand out there i don't care how fast that ball's going i am a uh, man of steel impervious to to this uh god, god bless you uh aggressive fan but i will uh if i'm going after a foul ball it, it has already bounced off of something right <laughs> What more impresses me more is the you know and, and I've looked at these uh, I don't know if you guys have ever gone on on YouTube and found these rabbit holes of, of guys that catch bats 
uh, when bats get flung into uh, into stadium seating. Uh, talk about impressive uh, when when you've got a barrel of a bat coming at your head uh, and you do anything but duck. Uh, man, you have got my respect because I'm going to hit the deck like immediately. Yeah, I'm turtle shell when that when that happens. Yeah. It's like oh. duck and cover. Yeah, me too as well. But I've I think I've only ever sat in those really nice expensive seats twice. One time I was with my brother and my nephew, and I give my brother uh, I don't give my nephew any credit. He was pretty damn young. But I give my brother credit um, for minding what was going on in the game. But I have to say, it was an unpleasant experience for how many people who were not watching their kids and the kids who were not watching the game. And it's not it's not old man, you know, shakes fist at cloud. It's because it's actually a really dangerous area, for lack of a better phrase. You need to be aware. And. You know, no one's saying that, you know, with the right instincts, you'll be perfectly fine. But if you have kids, I don't know, of any age, really, like under 10, and you're not paying enough attention to, you know, move them a little bit out of the way when one of these balls comes in screaming at 100 miles an hour, you know, it's just, it's not safe. And I sat there i saw people with their backs to the game you know like yeah that's crazy yeah like that's that you can get yourself killed that way yeah um i would and and, hey dr dr phil laporta has told us that uh that could be a life-threatening situation and i guarantee you that ball's going much faster in those seats than it was in ashburn alley yeah yeah well i mean and to go back to extending the nets how it happened in the NHL, a, a girl was killed uh, in Columbus. Uh, a puck left the playing area, I mean, pretty high up, and it struck her, and the, the poor girl ended up di- dying, and that's why we have that mesh that is practically transparent now. You really hardly notice it. Anymore. I would have no chance of catching a puck or, like, even even tracking a puck, like a black disc through – the stands and everything. Oh, I forget think about it. Just nearly impossible. I have a hard enough time with a baseball. Was that the resistance to to the netting, Chuck? Was the the idea that that the the souvenir hunters weren't going to be able to get pucks in those sections anymore? Because I can't really think of any other reasons that that would oh. be have been, you know. And I do remember there being some resistance. The view. It, it was the fear was like, oh, you're going to put up this netting. Well, why even go to the game? Because you won't be able to see. And I remember when it went up, I I thought, yeah, this is the right thing to do. Uh, That same sort of, you know, head versus heart kind of argument. Yes, this is the right thing to do. I kind of wish they didn't, though, because it's going to really interfere with my enjoyment of the game. And I don't know, five minutes into the first period, I didn't notice it. You know, if if you sit center ice, you don't really look through that net, though, right? If you sit center ice, I mean, because the net kind of goes around the back, right behind the. Yeah, it doesn't cover. It's yeah. not behind the yeah, benches. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it goes from the corners. Like if you're at center ice, um, if you're in the upper level, obviously, it, you know, if you're in the lower level, you're looking through. If you're like 
uh, in the first, I don't know, 12 rows, you're primarily looking through glass. So it's really only, you know, lower level towards the back in the corners that you're seeing it. But I, I think, Gene, you and I uh, sat in those games for a tremendous, uh, uh, sat in those seats for a tremendous Ottawa versus Philly game. And it, it, it didn't bother me at all. Yeah, no, it, I don't remember being, as quick, it bothering me it, either. Yeah. I uh, I don't like looking through the net. Um, I, I You know what? It's probably fine when you're there. It bothers me when it's on TV and you go through it because like, I like to watch college baseball sometimes and you're constantly looking through a net on the screen. So if we could find a way to just not well, have that. And I agree with you about that, Dave, because I, 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 I was watching some college baseball today, actually, and, and had this thought. It seems to me that in those places, the netting is not nearly as well done as what you get in professional stadiums. So I think that. First of yeah, all, in, pro- in professional stadiums, you're going to have that tighter weave or what that that material that's going to be much more transparent, uh, because I think it's to the be- you know to the benefit of the the you know the team that's broadcasting the game into the to Fox and ESPN. They want to give people the best you know product on TV. Uh, in the NCAA tournament, you know, I wish that college baseball had a more rich following than it does i like college baseball i like a lot of things about it i really like the game i think it's really competitive um i think you get to see uh you get to see things that you don't necessarily see in you know in 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 the pro game um so i really like it i like it better than watching minor league games on on tv i Um, wish college ball would go back to the wooden bats uh, i do wish that too i think that that's a little bit ridiculous but um yeah, no, I like I like some of the some of the atmosphere of of, of the college game, um, but I definitely see your point that the, the 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 it's hard to see with those the nets that they use there, but and baseball is not a new sport. It's a, a, been around for a long time. You know, are we getting soft with the idea that you know people get injured every year at games? This this, this story, as much as it's tragic, it's it's not necessarily unique. Um, is there something about that this incident was it the reaction of the players that really has changed the way that the public is perceiving how we behave at games or what what the sport should do to protect spectators or you know are we are we getting away from fans having responsibility for themselves well you're putting a baby face filter on your goddamn snapchat <laughs> uh <laughs> to send out to your friend. Well, what if what if they put a baby face filter on a baby? What happens <laughs> then? Does it just turn into like um, an embryo? So yeah. I don't know what's going on in the in the stands, but we didn't have a cell phone 135 years ago. Uh, you know when Abner Doubleday was uh, figuring out the rules of baseball. So I, I they mean, also didn't I wear gloves. <laughs> yeah, they all they all they also didn't wear gloves. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And also they had other jobs and, but the the players are stronger, but also I really do agree with you, Dave, because I'm not even just blaming on phones. I'm talking about in-game entertainment. The fact that you go to a ball game and it's, well, yeah, it's the baseball game and it's X, Y, and Z. And you're doing the goddamn wave. Oh, Oh, God, it's coming. It's coming. Pay attention. (laughs) Yeah, don't pay, pay attention to that. Forget about the game. Listen, 
if everyone kept score, if everyone bought a, a program, got the scorecard with the little pencil and kept score, you'd be you'd be in tune. You'd be in tune with the game. You'd know what's going on. And natural defense. Like if just like have a hard cover on the program. <laughs> everyone should get a clipboard when you walk in and you can use it to deflect our catchers' masks. Yeah, <laughs> required uh, equipment for going just, to baseball. Just have it be a giveaway. Every 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 person fourteen <laughs> and under, you get a catcher's mask. When you say fourteen and under, would you be okay if there was an age limit in those areas? I mean, like as a forty-year-old man, I don't care. But um... well, and I'm saying like the age limit would be generous, like twelve and up, or something like that, where you know. Yeah, you get messed up no, at you, any age, but like you're all right. So already, so many of those seats are behind the net. So we're just talking about you're you're basically talking about the two or three sections further down from yeah. the net. Or, I mean, I don't think we have to go home home to foul pole. That I mean, and, and are we going to retrofit a lot of these older stadiums? There are very little foul foul territory at Wrigley, which we just saw last week. Are we going to like retrofit? stadiums to accommodate the net now i you you would have to all right so just knock them down rebuild them yeah take them out (laughs) bigger signs more aggressive uh ushers i'm okay with that like (laughs) as opposed to like the ones when you when you're in the upper deck and it's like caution balls or bats may come flying out like be aware like that can be in small print but when you're down low let's make sure it's nice and big and I think ushers should have the right of like, please watch the field or leave. <laughs> like, there, there's plenty of good seats up high. You can go up there for free. If you don't start paying attention, you're out of here. But look, when I open my mouth, a tongue comes out on my, and I look like a dog. <laughs> you and I both know that's harder than it looks. <laughs> uh, all right, um, I'm done. That's enough baseball talk. Um, Guys, are you worried about Malcolm Jenkins? I'm I'm like a 6 out of 10 worried about Malcolm Jenkins not being at, at OTAs. You're that worried about it? Well, because I, I feel like it's pulled out that's coming. I see. I don't. I really don't. I think that oh, this well, is him making it. Shefty tweeted, like, don't expect to see him anytime soon. Well, whatever that means. I, I think that absolutely he's back. He may – there so – this is the thing that always confuses me, the way that the – so this is the voluntary thing that we're just – we're getting through now, right? These are totally voluntary. There's other players that are not there. Um, but then there, there's the next – is the next thing a, a mandatory off-season program? And then it's training camp? Is there still one more powwow? They get together and do some team building with shells and T-shirts – First, before we get to actual <laughs> training camp, shells and t-shirts, huh? That's like the that's like the phrase that they use on on talk radio. Oh, they're in shells and t-shirts today. Isn't it shorts and t-shirts? No, I, shells is just like they still wear a helmet. Oh, oh, oh! I got you. I got yeah. you. Got yeah, you. I okay. thought you were talking about like the paninis, like <laughs> no. I thought- no, I thought we were going to talk about making macaroni necklaces. Or something. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, a puka shell necklace. See, I was expecting a Mario Kart reference from one of you, but no, no, they call they the... when they come out with just their helmets and T-shirts, they call it shells and T-shirts. So yeah. long as it's not a, a blue shell. Yeah, 
<laughs> you son of a bitch, I was in first place the whole time. <laughs> All this is such bullshit. But um, yeah, so uh, that's the thing. From what I understand is the next thing is you're able to, uh, you start to accrue fines for the for the next, if you miss the next set. And even if that happens, you still don't really get hit in the pocketbook until, um, until training camp. And I feel like, especially with the way uh, the the Eagles kind of have been, we know that Howie Roseman does not respond to, like that's not his thing to respond to holdouts. Like he just doesn't. So he, it pisses him yeah, off. Go ahead. It, it it pisses him off, and he doesn't. You're not going to get what you want. But also, when you're making a valid. Uh, point with that you're underpaid and i feel like that there is a case here for malcolm jenkins he's literally played every snap um or 99 of every snap in the last three seasons uh, this is a guy that has been the leader of the defense unquestioned uh, I, I feel like there is should be some way he's, he's not asking for a lot there should be some way to restructure his deal if there's anybody on the defense that was worthy of having the deal restru- a deal restructured to give him some more guaranteed money he's the guy so I think this is just kind of his way of being like, look, I need to be taken care of. You need to take this seriously. And I feel like that the Eagles now have noticed that he's going to, he's going to, he's made his point and we're going to hear before training cramp that he's, he's got a new deal. All right. So do you think he'll be there because the Eagles do restructure his deal or do you think he'll be there just some sort of like moral code or something? I think that more than likely the Eagles are going to restructure his deal, but in the, in the slim chance I feel that they don't, I still believe that he shows up because that's the kind of guy that I understand Malcolm Jenkins to be. So here's the here's what I saw on a, a blog. Uh, according to NFL insider Adam Schefter, he doesn't believe the Eagles will see Malcolm Jen- Jenkins, quote, for a while. Schefter told the guys over at 97.5 The Fanatic that he would, quote, be surprised if we saw him at mandatory minicamp. So that's where the next step where people can start to accrue like an $80,000 a day fine. Um, And like I said, even if he doesn't, he doesn't do that. My thought is that the Eagles know when they need him to be there and that they are going to, they're going to work it out that the Eagles don't seem that concerned. If you listen to kind of like the coaching staff, the players, none of them, or like, you know, oh, if Malcolm doesn't get here, you know, the, I have, be, you know, followed football long enough to know the difference between guys that are impending holdouts and what I feel like this situation is. And I just don't get the get the feeling that he's going to hold out. Yeah, and neither do I. And I feel like we, we've talked about Malcolm, uh, Malcolm Jenkins' uh, character uh, a, a few times already. But I think if he was going to hold out, I don't think it'd be a secret. You know, I don't think it'd be playing games. These OTAs, he's well within his right to miss them. And even just, you know, with his age, if he wants to miss them in his veteran status, you know, good for him. And if it's missing the minicamp to make a statement or to use leverage or whatever, I I think that's fine as well. But I don't think the Eagles are going to be surprised if he doesn't show up to camp. And I kind of think he'd put his cards on the table going, I want more money. And and I think he'd play out his contract, too. I think maybe, you know, Malcolm Jenkins' community leader wouldn't be as present. You know, maybe he wouldn't talk to the media and would do the thing with the, the flashcards again, uh, less a political statement, more as, 
I don't get paid enough money. <laughs> you know, here's my statement for the day or whatever the case may be. But I, I'm I'm not worried about him. I I fully expect him here to start the season and I don't expect some sort of ugly holdout. Well, I hope you guys are right because um that would be that would be really painful to the team if he wasn't you know, if he wasn't I don't know, available. And honestly, they would really lose something. The secondary it's leadership and the talent. The secondary at, can afford to be down Malcolm Jenkins for any length of time. If there was somebody that deserved to be paid simply because it's the easiest way to sh- you know, to make sure that you've shored up what is traditionally been a point of weakness you know take care of your own guy howie if you're listening yeah word um any other football stuff apparently carson wentz and deshaun jackson getting along great and uh from all accounts their connection is heating up they look good happy to be be there and there was a a, a reporter, a national reporter, that said he predicts Carson Wentz will be MVP of the NFL next year if he I'm, stays healthy. I mean, everybody he looks good playing with seashells, dude. Yeah, they've been playing <laughs> in seashells. <laughs> but I mean, what do, what do you guys think? Do you think that if, if Deshaun Jackson is as advertised, do you think that uh, Carson Wentz comes into the league uh, into the season next year as the perennial uh, favorite or the 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 odds on favorite to be the MVP for the the year do you do you think that's a ridiculous uh even even to to look at think about the other quarterbacks in the league do you think that there's any any other quarterback uh that you would say like nope that's the guy he's he's the MVP front runner and everybody's going to be trying to catch him no man we're Posadelphia of course Carson's <laughs> going to be a an MVP candidate this year i mean look if, if by all accounts everything that we're hearing is true. He's totally healthy. Now he feels like his old self. They have good chemistry, whatever, yada, yada, yada. Um, for some reason this year, Deshaun Jackson, isn't going to fade off uh, at the last quarter or third of the season. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? You got uh, basically the NFL's best tight end Um uh, core you have a great offensive line there's really no you got to running it there's no reason why like the stars are aligned right now this is the window we are in the window make it happen and i really don't give a damn about carson wentz's mvp or where people rank him among active quarterbacks or any of that crap if carson wentz just hands off uh 40 times a game and that gets us wins then that's what i'm down for like I'm not into all that other stuff, but we'll, you know, whatever, we'll see what happens. Do you think that this, there was a, I was thinking about this the other day when Carson was drafted, I kind of saw this year as the year that we should see, um, be in that Super Bowl window. And amazingly, everything kind of happened early. Uh, the, the things lined up and we had that kind of crazy run and, and we've already got, as a fan base, we've got a Lombardi trophy kind of in our back pocket. We're never going to be able to say, well, you know, we were such a good team. We didn't, we didn't get there, but is, is really now, is this actually when we're actually going to be the best team we can be of this era of, of, you know, is this going to be Doug Peterson's best team? Yeah, I think so. I think it feels, it feels like, what was it? 2010 Phillies. 
when they yeah. won what 103 and the four aces and all that nonsense yeah i mean I, it, this feels like uh, this is the apex because then you're gonna well you're gonna have the the carson Wentz contract and then it's gonna limit what we can do and you know we really are not that great at drafting so you know i don't know if we're savvy enough to make it work uh long term after this kind of you know this window is, is is over so yeah i think this is it this is enjoy it now this is the season you wage your whole life for except for when we won the super bowl <laughs> <laughs> it's june it's very early june and we're telling people enjoy this eagle season because it's it's your last Positive has- baby yep <laughs> i'm all good vibes weekend vibes <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk about some Sixers stuff. Uh, did you guys see Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid on Jimmy Kimmel uh, reading the mean tweets? I did not. I did not. I saw that they were doing an NBA final edition or finals uh, edition, and I just didn't assume that the Sixers would be on it. Gene, did you check it out? Uh, just after you mentioned it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe we should give the highlights for Chuck. So, um First off, Embiid's was really good. Uh, someone tweeted, I can't listen to Joel Embiid interviews. Two seconds, and I want to crazy glue my ears shut. Frown emoji. <laughs> and Embiid says, and I'm definitely not going to do an Embiid impersonation. Embiid says, let me know when you're able to speak four languages, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where, are the, where are the odds the Kimmel writers came up with that and or Oh, I, mean, I feel like I'm, that's a Joel. That's absolutely Joel. Yeah, I, I'm sure he has that one sitting in his back pocket. Yeah, I, I, I think he I gives always, that one at home every day. But I always think that when someone's like making fun of another person's broken English, I'm like, that person can speak at least two languages. I can't. Right. <laughs> Good on them. But anyway, oh, yeah. So uh, Ben's was uh, less humorous. Uh, the tweet was, Ben Simmons looks like he's holding in a fart every time he passes the ball. To which Simmons says, maybe I am. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really don't even get that one. Like, I'm not like it. Because, I mean, we've had a lot, and we had a conversation on this show <laughs> about holding in farts while you're playing basketball. And, Chuck, you were the one who says, let him rip. Yeah. Yeah, I was. And I was adamant about it. It's like... <laughs> One of my most passionate you know, positions in the show's history. Well, and I feel like the Sixers have proven that they are not a team that holds them in. No. So I don't know why, uh, you know, maybe when Kendall's in the stands, you want to hold him in. Well, see, that's how you earn the headband. And by the way, did they break up? They did. I think they yeah. did. They did. It was the, nice. they, couldn't make, they couldn't make the world, the, the long distance thing work. Is that Facebook official that they're not together anymore? Yeah, as Gene, as you're friends with both of them on Facebook. I right? am. Well, you know, I follow them both on Twitter. So. <laughs> but, yeah, no, as far as I know, the, the, the distance thing isn't working. I feel like if your team, Ben Simmons, not going to L.A., there's been a lot of things that have happened recently that really uh, lend to the fact that he he's not going anywhere. First of all, the L.A. Lakers are basically a dumpster fire. Um, he's best friends with Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson's not there anymore. Um or, or Magic Johnson was the one that was calling him all the time, uh, and now his girlfriend isn't. It doesn't live there. So, you know, I think what we need to start uh, doing is is really Philly's Tinder. You need to step up your game, ladies, <laughs> and Ben needs to start swiping right a lot more and find a nice hometown girl. That's that's what I think needs to be the next step. Uh, you know, in Ben Simmons' development, if he can't find a jump shot, he should at least find a nice Philly girl. 
So here's I, I follow. So can we put out a personal ad on like Ben's behalf? Like he obviously wants a woman who's like accomplished something. Like so, it can't just be a pretty face, you know. But probably has to be a pretty face as well. You know, we have, you know, I think like Temple Law. I think uh, Penn. Uh, oh sure, Penn's a phenomenal school. Uh, I think uh, you know any Penn postgraduate student and Ben Simmons. I mean. That we're we're making love connections. Here I, I think show. he also likes a good family, and we all know that that you know his last girlfriend came from a very good family dynamic, a very close family. So, you know, so I follow an Instagram account called Bendel Goals. Okay, all right, <laughs> um, which I think is going to probably uh, not be needed anymore. But the 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 official statement here is that. Ben and Kendall split recently before the Met Gala. They're still on fine terms and have been in touch. Um, the uh, the distance between the Los Angeles-based supermodel and the Philadelphia 76ers star was getting to be a lot. She cares about Ben and always wants to end her relationships on good terms. Kendall knew she had several out-of-the-country trips coming up and thought it would be best if they took some space. Wait, wait, wait. The, the the lead there, I feel like, is she always wants to end her relationships well, or or how would how did she phrase that? She it, wants to always uh, end them on good terms. That sounds to yeah. me like somebody who's planning on ending a lot more relationships in the future. She cares about Ben and always wants to end her relationships on good terms. Yeah. So, boys, if you're going to plan on dating her, she she likes to go out with leaving you with a smile, and, and also leaving the country. Like yeah. that's pretty shady. That's. You know, she is a supermodel. They, no, no, no. They do travel. I'm not, I'm not saying that leaving the country is shady, but the <laughs> like the I'm going to break up with you right before I go on a European tour. Well, it's oh, better than oh, breaking yeah. up. With, okay, I see what you're saying. It's better Mama than breaking her some strange. Uh, <laughs> wow. It's better than breaking up with him right before Christmas. So you don't have to get him a present. <laughs> that is true. And I mean, will you get Ben Simmons anyway? That's not a 15 foot jumper. I mean, nah. <laughs> You stole my answer. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Sixers are also poised to give Jimmy Butler a max contract. Good. So came out today. So he's, uh, he's the, we're since, the only team that can give him that, right? The five-year max deal, that we're the only one that can do it. Right. So if he turns it down, he's basically saying, I do not want to play in Philadelphia for whatever reason, and he will be hated in Philadelphia for all time. I just can't see him turning it down. Like, yeah, I, I, I've basically written off Tobias Harris. I don't know why, but like I just feel like somebody else is is going to give, give him a max, and we're not going to do it. Well, that, and I feel like he feel he's he's always going to feel like he's way down on the totem pole. See, because the thing is that what people need to understand is that you don't just only give max contracts to people who uh, are the top. 10 players in the league it just doesn't work that way and right. sometimes you, just need, you need to give a max to get a guy that's going to help you win a championship and jimmy butler's that guy so i feel like yeah we have no other options we have to give him the max <clears throat> it's going to be great for three years and then everything's going to fall apart we're going to hate that contract we're going to bitch and moan about how we can't get out from under this contract and he's untradeable but hopefully we have a championship to look back on well, um, we have to strike while the iron's hot anyway, because how long are Embiid's legs going to hold yeah, up? We can't, we can't we can't slow play this because you know get the money in while you have the odds. Don't don't let a bunch of uh, guys that have crap hands catch up to you. Yeah, this this is the new process. 
Like, this is the window. We're going all in. You know, the, the old process was we paid down all of our debt. We st- stored up all of our assets. And now it's time to spend them. Yeah, man, and, max the credit cards, baby. Yeah, do it. Like, there's nothing to lose right now. Like, and if, you know, it turns out Embiid is healthy and has a, a long career, well, then, you know, in four years, uh, Jimmy's contract's not going to look that bad because he's got Embiid and Ben to play with. And those three alone will make you a decent team. And then they're going to raise the cap and it's all going to be. Yeah, but now's the time to do it. New process is max out the cards and we know how to to bottom out when that time comes again. So well, it's it's time to win. And who else is, is what are our other options? What are the free agents are, are out there that. No, you're not going to get Durant. You're not going to get Kyrie. You're not going to get Kawhi. So you have to, I mean, you just have to do what's best for your team, not what is best value at this point. It's not, it's not money ball right now. It's. And we kind of have an idea of what Jimmy Butler on this team looks like and what his role is. And I, I like that. You know what I mean? Like I liked the way that Jimmy Butler worked with this team. I really do think that him and Joel Embiid in particular have a good relationship together. Maybe there are a lot of other players in the league that would come into a situation with Joel Embiid. He's a unique guy with a unique kind of sense of humor. You know, <laughs> you know, I just feel like he's a good match. And 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 that I and more so maybe than even in other sports, you need to have these these guys be able to get along together or else you end up with with the Lakers where you've got the best player in the world, arguably sitting on the, you know, by himself in the cafeteria. Uh, you know, it. well, you know what I think? Everything. I think we should get along to Chuck's penalty box. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dave. And Gene, we'll start with you tonight. Gene, who is in your penalty box? Uh, this was the easiest penalty box of the, uh, of, in the history of, uh, of of Potadelphia for me, uh, the organ player or the guy who gives him orders in <laughs> Dodger Stadium, you are going into my penalty box. Uh, as uh, these two fine gentlemen know, and and anybody who uh, has come in contact with me in the last three days knows, uh, I can't stand that between every pitch at Dodger Stadium, they have to play some annoying. Uh, Baby Shark or uh, the theme from Twin Peaks or whatever other kind of obnoxious organ tune they play in Dodger Stadium between every pitch. It drove me absolutely out of my skull crazy uh, this whole series. I don't know how this is the reason why they don't show up until the fourth inning because they don't want to have to listen to the organ. That's why uh, that's why the, the, the Dodgers need Dodgers organ player needs to go to the penalty box. All right, Dodgers <laughs> organ player. Uh, Gene says, baby elephant walker, get the fuck out. You're getting two minutes and three-fourths time. Quit stroking your organ. Dave, who is in your penalty box? Uh, I am putting the Toronto Raptors shaman uh, in the penalty box because now it has come to surface that uh, Steph Curry has come down with a mysterious illness tonight which has uh hampered his ability to play and was taking um 
you know, power gels between speaking to a team physician on the sideline. So I don't know if Joel Embiid comes down with some mysterious illnesses in his series. And now we have Steph Curry coming down. Is there a voodoo curse going on? Is someone poisoning the opposition? I'm not sure, but Toronto Raptors shaman, you're going in my penalty box. All right. For the mysterious medicine man, of the great white north you're getting two minutes and some chicken bones <laughs> chuck who was in your penalty box uh, in my penalty box is going to go the colorado eagles of the ahl if you've heard any news about minor league hockey recently it's the fact that the echl uh formerly east coast hockey league now i think ECHL literally stands for nothing. Um, they Boardwalk had bullies, Atlantic City Boardwalk Bullies. Yes, 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 yes. Um, but right now it's the Newfoundland Growlers versus the Toledo Walleyes for the Kelly Cup. And um, they uh, had to make a new one because the Colorado Eagles are holding on to the last one. They were previously an ECHL team. They won the championship in 2018. They um, became the AHL affiliate of the Colorado Avalanche, and they kept the cup. Nice. They have not returned it. There's some dispute over they tried to. I don't know, like... How do you try? Like, how do you fail? I've been trying to give a library book back for the last six months. <laughs> like, I, I, here's the tracking number. I guess we just didn't put enough postage on it. <laughs> like, I dropped it off the back of your house. Somebody else picked it up. But the Colorado Eagles for stealing a championship trophy, uh, you're getting two minutes to a year. <laughs> My penalties were awful tonight. <laughs> Well, I threw an absolute curveball at you, and, uh, you know, sometimes that's how it goes with the penalty box. It's, you know? it's hit or miss sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, thank you all for listening. It's all the time we have for today. Um, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe, uh, rate, and review us on iTunes. We actually got a new, uh, a, a new iTunes review uh, this week, so um, thank you for that really helps us out uh also please follow us on all social media and by all i mean twitter facebook and instagram that's the only sandboxes that we play in right now if you want to start a snapchat and pretend to be us as long as you don't say anything <laughs> racist we're cool with it um yeah and uh, if you have some more uh time in your podcast listening day be sure to check out the whip around our sister show for all your your weird news and that's it. Have a great day at work, everybody. 